Welcome back to episode 79 of They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. It's only been a few days, but we were missing you. Welcome back, listener. Hope you're well. We're well. I'm Adrian Football Shirt Talia, who's joining me this week. So just trying to compose myself after you addressed specifically our one listener. <laughs> it's Mike at Footy Shirts. And it's Tom at Shirt Fan. And good stuff, AD. Good stuff. I didn't want to get too personal in the intro because obviously my script here says just hello to Mike's mum. Welcome to They Think It's All Over, the Football Shirt Show. But I thought I'd just keep it anonymous <laughs> who our listener was. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it's funny trying trying to take it away from my mum. Um, that you you said uh, I've tried, the... but uh, she she keeps asking for more. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned about the good stuff and how you say that quite a lot. I listen back to this pod every week. I mean, I will say actually, I haven't listened to the last couple of episodes purely because I've not been at work, so there's no no driving. We actually all have a lot of things that we say a lot, and yours is definitely good stuff. Yeah, you you do that. I say either I'm going to be honest or let's be honest quite a fucking lot. <laughs> um, there's nothing specific, but it's, it's I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know, you've got a professional and Scott is just incoherent ramblings every week. So, yeah. She's just swear, isn't it, Scott? It is. It is. Fuck, haggis, cunt, kill, whatever the fuck it is he says. <laughs> kill. Why has it not been a kilted football shirt? Because a kilt isn't a f- shirt. Yeah, but like a kit then, a football, like a kilted football. You kit. mean you mean a tartan football kit? Like there's been. Loads no, of... no, I mean you know like the Cameroon one piece. But with oh, a kilt. so instead of having shorts, having a kilt, a kilt you know, shorts. I tell you what, that is just reminded me of. Every year when we were at school, we used, I'm sure everybody did, you used to have a five-side football tournament so that each tutor group would play off in a tournament. And I remember one lad that I went to school with, a guy called Sai, he forgot his shorts. So he he borrowed some, but they weren't shorts. Do you remember those things the girls used to wear called culottes? So it looked like a skirt, but it had like no. shorts. He wore that for a five-side <laughs> tournament and he fucking rocked it as well. He did not give it. I mean, he was a shit footballer, but he, he gave it his all in those culottes. So it was freeing. Was it freeing, do you say? <laughs> yeah, the culottes. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess so. Maybe maybe he felt quite free in them, yeah. But I, he didn't. It looked odd. I mean, they, they were like you know, like the proper grey uniform type thing as well. It looked like that. So mm, yeah, it weren't for me. So yeah, I think I think Cameroon One Piece would have been better. That's a lot of information to take in, Mike. Oh, he's back. Oh, man, he's been thinking about that the whole fucking time. He's back. He's back. <laughs> Right, what we've got coming up today, we're not going to do much news today because it's only been a few days since we last spoke to you, Mike's mum. But what we are going to do is we are going to be talking to Lee Ralph, a guy who fulfilled his dreams at the age of 33 and become a professional footballer. But before we do that, any new arrivals anybody had shirt-wise in the last three days? How long ago is it? Not for me. I'm still going through my... Um, what I think you lot keep referring to is my Fenerbahce phase. I haven't found anything I quite want yet, so no, no, nothing new for me. I'm holding fire on pulling the trigger just because there are a couple of new releases that have set my pulse racing. But do you know what I really want? 
Tell us what you want, what you really, really want, Tom. <laughs> you know, you know what I, I think is quite a cool or would be quite a cool kind of mini collection is some of these Adidas icon template shirts that a lot of teams are wearing for pre-match shirts. So Roma, Strasbourg. I mean, I'll probably give the Exeter and Crawley ones a miss, but someone actually replied to a thread that we put out a couple of days ago saying Levski Sophia have used these shirts as home and away shirts in the obviously in the Ipswich template. So the Ipswich, sorry, when you said the icon stuff, I was shaking my head, not letting me see that other than Mike's mum. But I was um I thought you meant the icon range they did the other year, but of course you mean the Ipswich template mashup yeah. that they've done. So ah, the yeah, modern yeah. Ipswich template is called the icon template. It's always cool. Sorry, I didn't yeah. read the great thread that you put out on uh, the clearly did not read that. That's very rude. But um yeah, I just think they're great shirts. Those Levski Sophia ones as well are really cool. Um, I just I think that would be a great mini collection. Well, Tom, I may be in Rome in the next few days, so if you would like the uh, pre pre match shirt, do let me know. Does it come sponsored with the Toyota sponsor? I don't think it does. It certainly doesn't uh, on the website because I didn't notice when I saw the other day it was sponsorless. Hmm, it's a shame. Have, have you got any new shirts? You always miss these questions. We never ask you back. We're quite rude on this podcast, aren't we? <laughs> It's because uh, we don't care. Um, no, the most recent shirts I had, I got the new Palermo home shirt arrived. I got a uh, contact over in Palermo who sent me that because the postage is ridiculous and it meant I could get it fully badged and name set it up. So that came across as well, along with the reason I was waiting for him to post something across to me is also finally, finally managed to get my hands on a Luca Tony Palermo match one shirt. So um, that's that Ooh. was... Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's sort of taken centerpiece for this this month. Look how calmly and how chilled he's delivered that, Mike. I know it's, it's disgusting. No, it, so I was Tom. You know, I, I wanted a, a nice Luke Turner shirt for a long time. So very, very good pickup. You're not. That's just surely not going to get much better than that this year. Probably not. And I think like most people are sort of slowing down a bit. It's the summer months, you know, all these new releases coming out. It almost spoiled for choice in terms of in terms of what I go for. But also, you know, it's holiday times and we're spending our money on kids. And like you, Tom, you're spending your money on, on women. <laughs> I feel like I should elaborate, but I actually don't want to. <laughs> It, I'm it's, not just, it's just, it's the just what we said earlier. I think you kind of need to elaborate now. <laughs> hmm. lots, lots of nice meals. Nice meals. Right, on to this week's feature. We had the opportunity to speak to Lee Ralph. Gents, did he review see his tweet from, I think it's a week ago? It went pretty viral. I did, yeah. Like we were saying, I was going to say last week, it was only a few days ago. The whole thing makes for an interesting story. So we cover it off, but very, very briefly, at the age of 33, I'm about to sign my first professional playing contract. Never give up. Here we go. This week, I'm absolutely delighted to introduce our guest. He's a guest that went viral uh, in the last week or so with a tweet that he put out. I'll read it out. We'll share it, but I'll read the tweet. And it's just simply said, at the age of 33, I'm about to sign my first professional playing contract. Never give up. The author of that tweet, Lee Ralph, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Adrian. Absolute pleasure to be on the show. Um, Looking forward to getting into it and having a chat. That kind of blew up that tweet, didn't it? Yeah, like, honestly, I didn't expect it to be fair because I don't know if you 
had seen. But before, before that tweet went up, I probably only had about ninety nine followers. So yeah, it's pretty pretty mad. But uh, all so far so good. Really good reactions. I just can't believe it. Really. And I tell you what, I think I think it's a story. Just you know, you gave a snippet there, and I think it caught. A lot of people's imaginations, you know, a lot of people out there, yeah. we've all dreamed of being footballers. We've all tried to be footballers. And um, yeah. that snapshot, you know, I you're think, somebody that's kept going. I think that's the, the key bit to take from it that, you know, from from what I can see is that it, it's inspired so many now. And like, I'm 33 now and I've been working to this for so long and kind of dreaming of it, even though, you know, I, I was a coach really, uh, but I have been playing always amateur level, but this is kind of the pinnacle for me. Um, so, yeah, just overwhelmed, delighted, but really excited to uh, get started this season, you know. Before we get started talking about your, your career today or your journey today, should we say, in terms of your career kicking mm. off, um, and, we'll, and we'll talk a bit about some of your shirts that you used to collect as well, because I, I think you're a bit of a shirt, yeah. shirt fan. Yeah, but big time, big time. I've got a question. So the uh, the tweet you put out there has some video footage, and I believe you were doing yeah. a shoot or Castore, you uh, you model for them. Yeah. Are they paying yeah. you extra for that tweet? I mean, it's gone out no. to half a million people. No, 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 no. I'm getting nothing from them. They did basically, to be honest, I'll be totally honest, I approached them to uh, maybe get them to support me. Uh, so, yeah, listen, I got, a, I got a couple of outfits for a training session. That was it. Uh, and had to do a repost. But no, no sponsorship, nothing. No influence, only, only myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's worked out all right for them, isn't it? For, for, for a bit of care. Yeah, big time. That's all right. So, Lee, where where did it all start? I guess people can pick up from the accent, yeah, where you're from. But how did your football journey start? Well, so I've always been a goalkeeper. So, I'm from Galway, uh, the west of Ireland. I'm playing football since I was, I suppose, six, seven. Football fanatic, massive Newcastle United fan, massive Ireland fan, travelled to all the Ireland away games. Literally, probably one of the biggest football fans you'll ever meet. Uh, I don't know how me and my wife are still together because, <laughs> you know, it, my my whole day revolves around football. I, I actually played outfield amateur level until I was about, I suppose it was 15 or 16. So was a late bloomer really to goalkeeping. Started playing in goal when I was 16. I remember my hometown club, the, the number one goalkeeper got injured. They just said, do you, do you fancy it? And <laughs> I thought, yeah, let's, let's do it. So kind of went from there and, I suppose I never really played professional. I, I I was in Ireland for until I was about twenty six, I think. Always played at a decent level, say you know top of the amateur divisions within my county. I did struggle a bit, to be honest, when I, when I was a goalkeeper, especially through my mid twenties and stuff. As you do, I used to struggle struggle really bad with anxiety and all this kind of stuff. You know, uh, had mental health struggles, and then then I moved to London for work when I was uh, twenty six and started playing football in London and I suppose it wasn't until I, I got to the age of 26 where, you know, I really kind of thought I'm getting good. Like, you know, I'm, I'm getting good feedback, playing for good clubs, played a little bit of semi-professional in London with uh, uh, the club West Essex. See, anyone in London would be familiar with some of these clubs. And then I, I played amateur level with Alexander Park FC and Alexander Palace. So yeah, always lower divisions, but it was it was a strange one, Adrian, because I I would have always said I was a mediocre goalkeeper, but as I got older, I just I just felt with myself I was getting better and I was more confident and you know I was getting to a stage where I was playing eleven aside games and I was you know getting man of the matches you know most weeks and reason through games uh, which was yeah. strange, but as I said I, I I never felt myself that I was you know good enough for pro until I probably got older. Then when when I got to thirty thirty one I thought 
you know, I, I definitely think I could play, you know, at a lower lower down division, but you know, yeah. in some capacity as a pro or semi pro. So yeah, I feel like I developed over the years, but I think that's important as well for, you know, other listeners is that, you know, a lot of goalkeepers out there, the psychology of it is hard. And even as a coach now, I try to uh, focus on even that mental health side of things because it's not an easy position and you can get knocked back, you know, a lot, especially in your early teens and mid-20s for making mistakes. But I think the key thing is to to keep going and remember that goalkeepers will make mistakes. Um, it's about how you bounce back and how you develop as you get older. That that's you know the key component to being successful. It's almost like as you, as you kept playing, your ceiling just kept going up and up and up. I think most yeah, traditional players hit hit their ceiling a lot earlier, don't they? But you've just kept yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love it as well. I'm passionate about it, and I suppose I didn't really touch on it there. But uh, I spent four years in London, and then I got a the current company I work for because I actually work in construction as well, and they offered me a chance to go to Dubai. So I came to Dubai and. Played a little bit of amateur level here, uh, again, at a fairly decent level in the Premier Division here in the Amateur League. Played with a couple of clubs and then I started coaching as well. I, I started coaching maybe three years ago. So I've been lucky enough with my coaching career that I, I've, you know, I've been lucky with who I've worked with. I've I started to work with some ex-professional Premier League players. So when I first came over here, I joined an academy a team called TFA. I was working directly with Danny Guthrie, who used to play with Newcastle and yeah, Liverpool. Yeah. So he's actually one of my good mates here. We're very close. And to be honest, amazing guy to work with. And, and I learned so much off him. And I definitely think future, whether it be Saudi Arabia or Dubai or somewhere, he's, he's going to be one to look out for, a really, really top coach. And then I moved on from them. And I was lucky enough to work as a coach, goalkeeping coach with uh, Gulf United, the team here. I worked under Stevie Taylor, which was, which was really good because I'm a Newcastle fan. He played <laughs> central defence for Newcastle for years. So... Uh, they won the division last year. They've had a, a really um, successful time here in Dubai. They're a British-owned club. I think the owners are from Manchester, partnered with some uh, local guys here. So they've won Division 3 here. They won Division 2 last year. Now they're in the second tier in UE football. So, yeah, I worked with them. And then this year, uh, I've just got offered a job as the head goalkeeping coach with Fleetwood Town, uh, Fleetwood United All here. Right, so, yeah, yeah that's, that's another step up for me. And um, then after that, I've, I've got offered a playing contract as well. So, it's going to be a busy year, but uh, really looking forward to it. I've, I've just been lucky, really, you know, to to work around good guys and, and to get the exposure. So in terms of that playing contract, you know, it can't be announced yet who, who the club is. So we're, we're sort of sat here, sat so, here waiting. No, but... so, so, so look, uh, to be honest, I, I literally today we, we've kind of sealed everything. So, so I am going to be playing with a club called Dubai Irish. I had two offers. Um, funny enough, obviously, hear my accent, but the, there is a big club here called Dubai Irish. They're a, they're a huge academy here. They, I think they've been here probably the longest out of all the academies across the UAE, uh, founded obviously by by Irish guys um, and have a huge underage youth level system. And they've just gone pro. So I actually had two offers, but uh, I've decided to go to buy Irish. Uh, I'll be working under, they have a really good coach and his name is Sean O'Shea. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he, he used to work with AIK in Sweden as an assistant oh, manager. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So so really good pedigree, um, really good guy. And I suppose a chance to work with someone like that will be um, really good. I think he's been offered a couple of big jobs, actually, um, of late. So, you know, I'm sure in the future he's going to go on to, you know, coach in England or, or somewhere around Europe. But, uh, yeah, just Dubai Irish is where I'm going to be this year. And I'm just really looking forward to working with him, you know. 
Ah, fantastic. I mean, it sounds an incredible opportunity. And um, I can see yeah. you've got uh, you've got the O'Neill's shirt on there. And that's, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm obviously m- most people are listening to this. So I, it was sort of tongue in cheek there when I'm saying we can't announce the club and I can I can see you wearing yeah, a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you've just got the official announcement. So, you know, you're the first one to get hold of this. So you're going to be doing a little bit of coaching, but um, but but that but that's yeah. it. you're going to be competing for that number one position. Yeah, coaching, competing for the number one position. Uh, our our season kicks off on the 22nd of September, so I'm actually flying to Ireland tonight. I'm going to be uh, training with a, a tier two team in the Northern Ireland Irish uh, professional division. So lucky enough to know some pros back there, and they're having me in for for a week or so just to get fit, and then back here on the 10th of September to get going really and as you can imagine over here in August the temperatures are you know between 40 and 45 and you're outside training at night you know 8 to 10 p.m your pre-season starts and it's a lot of running a lot of yo-yo tests you know a lot of goalkeeping training so it's going to be tough but um yeah you know honestly it, it, it's really good here and a really good place to play football and and it opens a lot of doors I must say you know Dubai is phenomenal for the chances you get here people you can you know work around just the exposure you know it's been phenomenal i've been so lucky wow incredible and facilities wise i mean they're really sort of pushing it are they in terms of you you want for nothing or yeah so you know the number one sport here is horse racing i'm not gonna lie <laughs> as you can imagine they have yeah. good godolphin and all these big stables but um facilities here are, are unbelievable really good facilities Standard is really good. I think I mentioned to you there just before we came on the call, like you have the likes of Ben Pringle who's just moved here playing in the divisions. They would have Nathaniel Murphy. There's, there's some really good players uh, playing in the division. So, you know, I'd probably compare the standard to, I, I would say, League Two with some of the teams, you know, League Two, definitely National League. You know, yeah. Very competitive, very physical. And then you have a mix because you have a lot of expat players playing here. Then you also have a lot of African-grown uh, players. So, you know, it's really physical league. You know, they have that physical element. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good platform. Um, last year, one of my best mates was playing here, uh, Max Johnson. He's Sam's brother. I played for Crystal Palace. So, he played there last year. He had a really good season in Dubai. And, uh, yeah, he, he got a move to Macclesfield then at the end of the year. So, you know, it is a place to come where you can play for a year and get that platform to, you know, move back to the UK and put yourself in the shop window. Look, the money isn't phenomenal here, but you're you're playing in a really good division, physical league. You know, you're never getting games called off because of the weather. Um, <laughs> you know, so so all, all around, it's a really good place to be. You know, and you're proving yourself, like you say, you're proving yourself against pros week in, week out, and that's the difference, isn't it? You're up against people. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That that is their job. You know, the standard yeah, and like, physicality and, goes up. And I, I know, I know as well. I'd say people in my hometown are thinking, "How has he got a pro contract?" <laughs> um, People, people just don't realise, like, you know, when you're playing in that standard for a few years or you're playing against people in their pro divisions, like, they bring you on so much. It's it's intense, but you learn so much as well. And I think with my playing career, I think really one of the main reasons why why I got to the stage and how I got better is to... I've been watching for years. I've been going into training sessions, watching goalies. I've been literally taking so much, like, studying the game for the last, you know, six, seven years to just try and get better. And I find every single training session I go to, whether it's looking at a coaching session or actual goalkeepers, you learn something every single day that you go there. And, uh, you know, even when the when the pro clubs come and train here, even if even if you're banned from the training ground, I will drive there and try and go. <laughs> and watch. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be on a tree watching or, you know, looking through a fence at the goalkeepers, whether it be, you know, the Russian League or someone from Scotland or 
Finland or anywhere, any of the clubs that come here, I'll be watching yeah. their goalkeepers. That'll be me in the tree just watching them. <laughs> so you try and make that journey. You make that journey sound quite easy from going, yes, yes, Premier County League in Ireland through to playing for the likes of Alexandra Park. And yeah, I just move across to Dubai with work and, and, and hook up at a club. But I think you probably just opened a door there in terms of all that hard work that's gone in behind it. You yeah. Know, the research, the training, all of that stuff. Yeah, what wasn't easy, mate. And to be honest, you know, it, it was tough playing because you take a lot of stick growing up and you're still going to get stick, you know, you're still going to get some of them comments on Twitter going off, slagging you off and that, but, you know, the 400 to 500 other likes and reshares and that, you know, make it all worth it. And I think that's the important thing, you know, there's so much support out there. And again, I get messages all the time and, I, you know, especially the last couple of days, God, I've been trying to reply to everyone. You know, I, I do think people are come up, mad to come out here and play. So again, to try and help people to get here you know, I do my best to try and help them. Or if any goalkeepers are out there that are playing semi-pro or in the in the lower leagues and do do want to come out here and train even in the summer, ha- happy to have them in for. I probably regret saying it, but ha- happy to have them in for a session for free, <laughs> the first one. But uh, I'll probably get a thousand messages after this now. But um, I was going to say you yeah. might need a bigger venue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the kits. So you, you sat there. You can see you've got one of the O'Neill shirts on. So it, yeah, you know, yeah. It, 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 what are the brands out there? So obviously, you know, with the Irish connection, I guess that's where the O'Neills kit come from. So, so yeah, Irish are sponsored by O'Neills this year. I think O'Neill, O'Neills have Wickham Wanderers now and Bristol Rovers. I think so. They've got they've got, got quite big. They've got sure Bristol City, really... haven't they? I think I think I think Wickham have City. Hummel, but they got Bristol City. That's it. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. O'Neill's definitely used to be Wickham Wonders. Yeah, they did. I'm sure of that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, they, we've got a sponsorship deal with them, them. But actually, there's quite some nice kits out here. So Fleetwood are Puma this year. They were Hummel last year. Then you've got TFA or Capelli, which are new uh, American or Italian. And then Golf United or Adidas. They have a big sponsorship deal with Adidas. So them boys get the get the boots and the, and the gear and everything. So, uh, yeah, the, it's... They get some nice kit, to be fair. And you know what? I love nice kit. If someone's giving me a dodgy kit, I'm saying it in that dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess as a goalkeeper, do you be getting your own gloves? Haven't you? I mean, the kit you get given, you've, you've yeah, still bespoke it so, quite a lot, I guess, with your boots and gloves, yeah? So yeah, you've you just led me on to probably saying thank you to someone. But uh, I'm so lucky here. Uh, I'm again the sponsorship at One Glove. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're a huge UK company and I'm miles late and it's been honestly amazing with me uh, he sponsored me when you know before I was pro and kind of starting up here in the UE and he he struck a partnership then with a a guy that I deal with here Mohammed, who, who's Kuwaiti and owns a shop here Sinfin but yeah the two boys have been brilliant with me they sponsor me and they've literally look after me with gloves every month so and and look they they have some of the big big keepers now David Ryan and stuff they, they're doing amazing work and I think they have Declan McCarthy I don't know if you know him TikTok uh, goalkeeper he's quite yes. big in the UK they've got him signed so yeah they've been brilliant with me so lucky enough that I don't have to buy my own gloves um, they're not cheap are they mate they're not cheap and you know what people are going to call me a weirdo right when they hear this but I cannot play a game without a new pair of gloves I yeah. can't play I, I'm different to most keepers most keepers will wear one for a training session but mate I can't mine have to be brand new I have to do the warm up in them and then I play with the new gloves cannot kind of do it any other way which is strange so and it, it's costly <laughs> i was gonna say that's not cheap that's not cheap i think yeah, john, yeah. john terry did the same with boots i think but i mean he, he, yeah he, he could i mean yeah, he had sponsorship deals right. but don't get me wrong he could have like, probably afforded a new pair of boots every every time he yeah, like, boots anyway. 60 70 quid like for a new pair of gloves Ooh. and then some of the other brands are 100 110 you know crazy money 
Um, so yeah, uh, again, you're probably going to have a million people now asking for my gloves, my spare ones. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's coming. It. You know what's coming. Yeah, yeah, big time. So in terms of some of those kits then, um, I mean, goalkeeper kits are, are wild and funky. You think of some of those 90s ones. You say you're a Newcastle fan, so I've got images of like that Pavel Cernicek, Adidas. Yeah, uh, yeah the blue the one. Bridge. Yeah, and the, yeah, the blue yeah. one, the Bridge one, and the sunset and all that. I mean, yeah. what what are some of your favourites? So funny you said that there, Shaka Hislop and the Pavel Cernicek era. That, that's why I started supporting Newcastle, to be honest. Uh, it was around 96, I suppose, when they were kind of, they were coming to the fore under Keegan and they were doing really well. And I loved Pavel Cernicek. Uh He sadly passed away there. I think he must be 10 years yeah. dead now, but um, he was phenomenal. And I loved his goal. That blue, sky blue kit with the Newcastle brown ale on the front. That was just, every time I see it, it reminds me of them games against Liverpool, 4-4, 4-3. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of why I fell in love with Newcastle. But uh, then obviously... You've got the likes of Jorge Campos, who was like, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, like the yeah. goat, the goat of goalkeeping kits. I remember he had that umbral pink and yellow kind of diamond kit in '94 in the World Cup. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some nice ones out there. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I don't know if you've, maybe you've heard this on the podcast. I'd be interested or the podcast before. Have you heard? But the or seen the Wickham Wonders 2017 kit, the goalkeeping kit. Have you ever seen was, that? Was that the one that had all the Dots around. Yeah. It was supposed to put strikers yeah. off or something. Was that the right? Or pink, it's pink. It's pink and yeah. yellow. And it's sponsored. It's actually O'Neill's. But mate, uh, and they've, they've they've got a pink and sky blue one as well. But honestly, it's their 2017-18 season. They were the nicest kits I've ever seen, mate. <laughs> I, I don't I don't say that lightly because I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. With... I'm sure there was some science around that when it came out around how it was supposed yeah. to like they tested that it would put a striker off because it was that like that mad so it sounds like you just love the more wild crazy designs about yeah it. yeah a bit, bit flashy to be honest um but i remember when when i found out we were going to be sponsored by o'neill's this year i actually i texted the chairman or the the guy i know and said i sent him the two wickham kits and i said mate you gotta get these done but he hasn't got it done so <laughs> uh, there we go we get something new instead there you go yeah yeah exactly mate but uh yeah honestly mad kit collector when i was younger uh probably all the kits are still in my attic like I mean, mental kits like Sao Paulo. Like this is you know when I was fourteen or fifteen. Brazil with Bebeto on the back. I just had every the Umbro jersey numbers you can that think of. Then, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was Umbro, mate. And then they went to Nike. I think kind of in the Ronaldo era. Uh, but yeah, I had I still have all the Newcastle shirts here, all the brand new ones, the Castor ones. Love a shirt, mate. But I find then when I put them in my wardrobe, I'm afraid to wear them because I don't want them to get dirty. So they're just there, like. I also have a Fiorentina shirt with uh, Batistuta on the back, a retro one. Oh, um, that's nice. my, that's my, yeah, that's my baby, mate. I'm going to get that framed and put it on the wall here, definitely. A lot of people go to that as like the default favorite favorite kit of all yeah, time. Yeah, but... yeah. My brother just became fanatical about Argentinian football when uh, the English league, you know, the, the money started coming in and all this Saudi investment and the big owners. He just, he just got sick of it and thought. I'm going to start watching football where there's a bit more culture involved. And, and yeah, I just got into uh, set up this website selling, you know, Argentinian club shirts. And he has a, a website now. I think it's argentinafootballshirts.com. So, yeah, he sells every club level shirt in Argentina in the top divisions. And, uh, yeah, I think he, they have a Twitter account as well, argfootballshirts, I think, .com or something. You, you'll find it on there. So if anybody needs anything Argentinian, that's, um, yeah. that's where to go, yeah? Get, get in touch, yeah. Argentina football shirt, uh, shirt.com. Has he sorted you out of any? Are you, uh, which, which Argentinian uh, kit do you go for? Are you a I, fan or a replay? I, or? 
No, I, I've got to follow News Old Boys because uh, my brother. So I've got the News Old Boys uh, away shirt and I've got the goalkeeping shirt, which is cool. So yeah, I, th- I think they've got Maxi Rodriguez. I don't know if he's still there, but uh, yeah, to be fair, I've I've watched some of the games and the goalkeepers are absolutely mental. Like some of the things they do, like you know, it's 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 not strange for two goalkeepers to get a straight red in a game in Argentina. Like it's just mental. But to be fair, it's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable league, and and it, you know, it reminds you of kind of watching the Premier League, you know, before all the money came in and the investment, it's it's decent. Who knows, if you want to address some of that um, crazy goalkeeping, you might find yourself out there as well trying to uh, coach that out. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of your favourite kit of all time, then, we always close with the question. We ask you, your favourite player is of all time and your favourite kit of all time and combine the two. Where are you going with this? Uh, so, to be honest, this is probably going to be a wild one. Um, mate, when I think of favourite kit of all time and just who wore it, straight away, I don't know what year it was, but I think of the pink uh, Juventus that Buffon wore, mate. That that just for me, it just reminds me of Buffon. For me, he's probably the greatest keeper of all time. I'm not I'm not having Schmeichel over him. No way. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just think as a goalkeeper, mate, you know, Buffon never made an eye-catching mistake that you can look back and say, you know, he made a howler there. Solid. Model professional, great guy. But yeah, going back to the kit, that pink uh, Juventus kit, I thought was a bit out there, black sleeves, a bit different. And, and you know, Buffon was known as, a, you know, a really kind of tough guy as well as a goalkeeper, but obviously classy as well. So yeah, that, that Juventus pink kit is definitely the short sleeve one is the one for me. With, and uh, Gigi Buffon, definitely. And he's just retired at 45. So you've got another 12 no. years left in you, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see, mate. Maybe, maybe... Uh, Maybe I'll get back to England next year. You never know. Maybe Matthew yeah, Town or someone someone need a keeper made. Panorama National League. I'm definitely up for it, mate. As long as they can uh, offer me, uh, you know, 20 days sunshine a year, then I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you might not give you the weather. Like you say, this mob's picking up players from, from your league at the moment. It's a great shot window. And it's going to be a hell of a lot of people watching you and what yeah, you do with interest now. Because like I say, you've inspired a hell of a lot of people out there. So Yeah, yeah. It's great to hear, mate. You know, de- de- delighted I can even inspire or help anyone that you know I suppose at 33 that's kind of that's important for me that's why I'm here to uh, I suppose first of all develop the goalkeepers in the UE and and the region here I think it's important that you know there's some phenomenal goalkeepers playing at younger age groups here and to try and put a stamp on that and and you know to develop the goalkeepers here that'll be our main aim we actually have an academy starting here in September on the 28th with a Richard Lee, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Rich Lee, he's a goalkeeping agent, they call him the super agent, uh, but he's, he's out here now, so m- myself and Rich are starting an academy here, and yeah, the aim will be to develop the goalkeepers here, and then next week in Ireland, I- I'm fully booked with coaching kids in Ireland next Saturday, so yeah, I just love it, mate, and, and that's that's the aim, really, it's not for, for me to keep, you know, 15 or 16 clean sheets next season, it's to just try and be the benchmark for someone at 33 that can, you know, play, play at that level, and, and, and give hope to other people that they, they can do it too, you know. Well, that's it. You kept going and you're doing something you absolutely love at the age of 33, starting a new journey. So, I mean, yeah, exactly, hats off mate. to you and huge congratulations from, from all of us and, Cheers, and, mate. and from everybody out there as well. You've seen, you've seen those responses on Twitter. So, Thanks, Adrian. Really appreciate that and all the best. Look, thanks for having me on. Well, I absolutely love that. I think it's a really inspiring story. And I think although he's 33 and he's just starting off in this career, 
because he's a goalkeeper, he's at the start. He could go for another 10 if he wanted to. He keeps himself in shape. So it's really cool. And I, I think, yeah, it's a it's an inspiring one. We should all probably take a bit of note of. Doesn't matter how grey in the grey in the tooth. Is that the phrase? Definitely no. long in the tooth. Long in the tooth. <laughs> no matter how long in the tooth you are, you should always keep going and, and, and trying to get where you want to be. So I really, really enjoyed that. And I've seen as well on the socials the last few days, he has signed for Dubai Irish Football Club, which is the highest level I believe you can go to in Dubai because of that mad rule where only Emiratis can play in the, in goal in the top divisions of the Dubai League. So, yeah, like full credit to him. And just while we're talking Dubai Irish, can anyone guess what colour their kit is? Blue. No. So I've seen it. Again. Dubai Irish green. It's co- of course it's green. <laughs> I I did guess that much really. I was being a prick, but no, it, it's an interesting <laughs> story. It's, Scott's it, not here, so someone's got to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's interesting, especially. It's, it's funny that he. I mean, to not even be a goalkeeper until you're like 16. That's mad. You know, funny enough, I was a goalkeeper until I was 16, and I realised I hadn't gone over about five foot seven. So there's not much point carrying on. <laughs> but no, it's it's interesting, and it's it's good to have like a goalkeeper on the pod because one thing we don't talk about very often is goalkeeper shirts as well. And there's some absolute belters out there. Either of you two, have you got a favourite goalkeeper shirt, or have you have you got any? I, I love a goalie shirt. I think that that you get more free reign, don't you, with a goalie shirt? You could, they can be really mad. They don't have to kind of fit any set criteria as a home or away shirt might have to. I think they're fantastic. I don't often buy them or own them just because I, well, they're not as wearable, are they? Especially if they're padded or whatever. Um, so I don't have many. I have a couple of Chelsea ones. But Mike, I'm surprised that you 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 were a goalkeeper because the only team you could play in goal for now is Hobbiton FC, isn't it? I was waiting for some dumbass <laughs> shit like that. Um, yeah, I think you'll find I was a particularly good goalkeeper when everybody was my height. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of goalkeeper shirts, to be honest. I don't mind an elbow pad. I fall over quite a lot, so it's often helpful. <laughs> um, but no, it, I'm the the wilder the better. You know, the Campos ones were touched on as well. It, they're class shirts. I've, I've got a favourite as a Villa fan. It's hard not to love that sort of like rainbow shatter Asics. Muller shirt, which I'm lucky enough to have one of. Um, and I, you know what? I've got a few shirts going across the, the years, the uh, goalkeeper shirts from across the years, to be honest, as well. But the 90s Adidas goalkeeper shirts are particularly good. If you've never seen it, have a look for one. I think it was used by Schalke. And it's basically like a, a really funky looking graffiti template. And that is insane. You, you Yeah. Go, anyone listening who hasn't really looked at them, just go and look at 90s goalkeeper shirts, specifically Adidas. You won't be disappointed. You know, thinking about goalkeeper shirts, one of the ones I'd have to pick out as one of my favourites of all time. Do you remember that England goalkeeper shirt? I can think David Seaman before the ponytail and his big, luscious tash. And it was like green, yellow. It was like greens and yellows, like properly mad umbro 90s style. But it was it was like yellow and green and like almost blue. Do you remember, so I remember that? He's not my favourite goalkeeper, though. My favourite goalkeeper of all time is Ed DeHoy. No questions. No questions asked. Actually, no, that's a lie. I'll go Carlo Cudicini. Because he was <laughs> short like me and you, Mike, but yeah, flexible no, as hell like you as well. <laughs> i got to admit, my, my, I know my favourite goalkeeper of all time, and I don't think it'll ever change. And that would be because as a kid, I was amazed 
by what he did. And that's Jose Luis Chalavert. When there's a goalkeeper that you watch at a World Cup and he's going up and taking free kicks and and then, yeah, that that's absolute insanity. But yeah, he'll always be a favourite. Same with Campos as well. That, that sort of era of the the borderline psychotic goalkeeper does seem to have fizzled out a little bit. You've got your sweeper keepers now that, you know, are good on the ball and all that. But the ones that used to pick the ball up and run down the right wing, they're the real heroes. Well, thinking of madcap goalkeepers and combined with great shirts, do you remember the Argentina goalkeeper shirt in 98 against England? And he had Carlos Roa in goal. Yeah. Do you know the story about what happened to him and why he I retired do. very early? Yeah, I I do. Am I right? I believe he was one of the people that thought the world was going to end at the turn of the millennium. The, the, <laughs> yes. And he went and lived in the mountains in in Argentina <laughs> and then humbly came back down when he realised that the world was still very much going. And unfortunately, I don't think he ever reached the heights of football again. <laughs> See, you don't Thank get keepers you. like that anymore, do you? So following on from that, gents, I thought I'd uh, do a little quiz for you again on players that had jobs before they went pro. How's that sound? I like that. I think that might be quite tough though. Topical like though, yeah. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you options. Okay, I'm gonna give you options. So we'll go Mike then Tom, I'm gonna to give you two jobs and you have to tell me which job the player used to do before he became professional. How's that sound? Sounds easy. We got this. Tom, confident? As confident as I'll ever be. Good, good, good. Mike, first up, we have got Ricky Lambert, once of Southampton, Liverpool, England. A long list of clubs. Maxfield. Before I can tell you, gone. So I can tell you what he's doing now. <laughs> yeah, let's, up let's in the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> he's with Carlos Rowe somewhere. <laughs> but before he turned pro. He was training with Maxfield in 2001. He had a job. Was he a factory worker making crisps or was he peeling beetroots? Oh, both good jobs. I would say it looks like a beetroot peeler. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was indeed a beetroot factory peeler. So Which means what I said was not offensive in any way because he wasn't <laughs> a beetroot peeler. No, 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 no. Factually, factually correct. Tom, for you, we have got Peter Smeichel. Now, okay. did you even know Peter Smeichel had a job before he went pro? I knew he used to be a striker in the youth team, but I didn't know he had a job. He did. So he didn't go pro straight away. And he was first a cleaner. Now, was he a cleaner at Children in Need? Or was he a cleaner at WWF, World Wildlife Fund? Oh, it's got to be WWF, isn't it? You're saying he doesn't like children? I'm saying he hates them, but they can't be children in need in Pudsey in Denmark. Yeah, that's true. Actually, probably gave that away. Yes, you're correct. Well done. That's a clean sweep to start off. Mike, you're going to know this one because he used to play for Bayern. Miroslav Klose was not a pro straight away, was he, before he signed for Kaiserslautern? No, he wasn't. No, no, definitely not. You you definitely knew that as well, Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I don't Good. even need the options, but give them to me anyway. Just <laughs> okay, okay. For the listeners to play. So, was he an apprentice mechanic at VW, or was he a wood carpenter? 
VW mechanic. So actually, Germany's leading international goal scorer of all time was in fact a carpenter, a chippy. Close, but no cigar. Tom, next up, we have got Psycho. We've got Stuart Pierce. I know this one without the option. I know this one as well. Okay, go on. He was a plumber. He wasn't. He was an, an electrician. electrician. An electrician. Oh, no, he doesn't get that. No, 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 you don't get a point. You don't get a point. And do you know what? I was going to, the two options I was going to give you were plumber and electrician as well. So wrong, you yeah. still would have got it wrong. You would have yeah. still got it wrong. Apparently he used to advertise his services in the Nottingham Forest program. See, I knew still... that. I just got the trade wrong. It's all water Lego, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Mike, next up for yourself, we have got Chris Waddle. So... Chris Waddle, before he had largely successful spells at Newcastle, Tottenham Hotspur, Marseille and Sheffield Wednesday. These are my own notes. haven't read this somewhere. The nimble winger used to concentrate his skills on what? Now, was he a sausage seasoning maker? <laughs> it's a theme to Mike's answer, isn't there? Or did he used to gut pigs? Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to say he knows how to season a sausage. <laughs> He does indeed know how to season a sausage. There you go. He was a, a highly skilled sausage seasoner, seasoning maker, by all accounts. Um, Tom, if you ever come across him, can you just find out what his uh, secret mix of herbs and spices are? I will ask him. Scott will know. Tom, for you, we have got Julio Cruz. Obviously famous for being at River Plate, Farnord, Bologna, Inter Milan and somewhere else in Italy. The 22-cap Argentine player had his first job as Banfield's gardener or was he Banfield's programme seller? That's the Argentinian club, Banfield. I was going to say, who's Banfield? I'm joking, that was a bad joke. Um, I will say gardener. He was indeed a gardener. Mike, Jamie Vardy, before Jamie Vardy burst onto the scene, what was he before, before he signed professional terms with Fleetwood? Was he... An ice cream factory lollipop maker, or was he a carbon fiber splint worker? Well, the second one seems like you wouldn't have made it up, but I think it's the first one, the ice cream guy, and then he went on to be a professional shit house. Crazy, it's the second one. I made that. For, I can't even remember what I made up for the first one. That was like so a, made up. Ice cream factory. That that's. <laughs> I don't know why that. I thought that one was a real one, but I don't know why where my logic was there because there's no way you would ever would have made up that second one. Right, Tom. This is the way the cookie crumbles. I'm fairly sure and confident you're going to get this one. Although you might jump in early before the options like you did with a psycho. <laughs> we have got the now Genoa. I believe. I think he's left AC Milan. Uh, we've got the Genoa forward Junior Messias. I know. Do you know, do you? I think I know. So, did he used to deliver washing machines for a living or did he used to deliver fridges for a living? Oh, I think he used to deliver fridges. He used to deliver fridges. There you go. For quite a while, I think, actually. Again, I've screenshotted this way too early. Can't find the article anymore. But I think he was quite late when he went into football. But he certainly, certainly was not 33. Out of, out of interest, because we know Scott actually worked in a football shirt store as his first job. What were our first jobs? I used to work in Woolworths. My first, <laughs> my, my first job was in a sports shop. My first job was, um, I always used to call it sports soccer, but sports direct now. Well, did sports direct used to be called sports soccer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's how old I am. So that's. You yeah, all worked that's... in football shirt shops? 
Yeah, do you know, I, I worked mm-hmm. in an independent sports store in the little town Cheeksbury that I grew up in. And do you know, one of my jobs on a Saturday when I worked there, because I did, I did work experience and then I ended up working there after that. And uh, I used to work with a, an older gentleman called John who had absolutely no fucking clue about football. Um, and one day he asked me if I knew anything about football shirts and who makes different club shirts. And we sat down and listed probably about five dozen different clubs and their man. And he was like, how does anybody just know this off the top of their head? And I'm like, ah, it's just kind of <laughs> what I do. You should send him a link to the pod. Nah, he's a bit weird. <laughs> You'd probably quite like it. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Oh, great. I think that wraps up another week. Thanks for that insightful banter, Tom, about what our first jobs were. I think that's a highlight of the 78 episodes that we've recorded so far. Sorry, 79. It's number 79. Just got I think it's genuinely interesting that you all work. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm joking. I, I'm, I'm surprised that the youngest person here worked at Woolworths. Because I'm, I'm youngest, but I'm not young, Mike. <laughs> You're just all old codgers. This is true. Mm, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Right, Mike, in our usual fashion, what have we got coming up over the next couple of weeks? Right. Well, I think next up will be the Admiral feature. Uh, that one is, it's interesting. And like we say, it's, it's nice for us because it's a bit of a, a call back to earlier when we spoke about the, the olden days and how Admiral got started. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting for everybody to hear where they're going now and how they're going to change the game a little bit. Can I jump in on that as well? I think that is 100% worthwhile and worth your listen because genuinely, and it's very rare I get this excited about something, I think Admiral have got something soon to come out that will genuinely change the landscape of football shirts and it's potential to be Pandora's box. I think it's really exciting, so do give it a listen. And you know what, Tom? I've actually had a look at that myself. Just I know we're being a bit of a tease here to everybody that's listening, but you are absolutely bang on. I've seen it. It is brilliant. I, I've I've been messing around with it for the last hour. It's it's amazing. So everybody needs to listen and you need to see game changer. Game changer is what we do. What else have we got coming, Mike? Well, one of the things that I've just set a date for, actually, we got we got two two interesting ones coming up. Not recorded yet, but looking forward to recording. And one is going to be a Boca Junior special, uh, and possibly a bit of an R nine special as well. Ooh. And just for something a little bit different, we're actually going to be focusing on the Bundesliga, but not that Bundesliga. It's the other Bundesliga, and that's in Austria. So we're going to do an Austrian football special. Can anyone yodel? Oh, yes. Sorry. I immediately said no, thinking nobody would do that on our podcast. (laughs) Obviously, obviously everybody can yodel. You've shown how everybody can definitely yodel. (laughs) Don't call this this the sound of football kits for no reason. (laughs) Nobody calls it that. (laughs) Yeah. If we didn't think it was all over. It is now. (laughs) 